0: You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at lockedonpackers.com. It is Monday of draft week. We are just a few short days away from the NFL draft, and of course, I am under the weather. Um, I will have to do a lot of talking this week. We're going to have a bunch of shows to break down the draft, so I'm going to keep today relatively short, save my voice, save my bullets, as it were, for the end of the week when we will have so much to discuss from picks the Packers made to picks they didn't make potential trades they made, and trades they potentially didn't make. But I wanted to start with sort of an overarching view of this draft and trying to understand and unpack why this draft is different. Because it's not just that the Packers are picking at 14. And it's not just that. Brian Gutekinst is a different general manager than the one that has been in Green Bay for the last decade. And it is not just that. Mark Murphy now is exerting more control over things that are going on everywhere, frankly, around this organization. And it's not just that. There's been some drama with the quarterback, and he he needs a new contract. And Mike McCarthy could potentially be on the hot seat in a year if the 2018 season doesn't go any better than, let's say, the 2015 season. So all of those things work together and create this confluence of events that I think could make this draft unique to any we've seen in a long time. Number one, just the difference of Gudekins versus Thompson, we have a clear pattern of behavior change. And that is, number one, as we've discussed this offseason, is this idea that they're bringing in first-round talents for pre-draft visits. That is a departure. But I think it's also a recognition that this is a critical draft for the organization. And... Brian Gudekinst seems to have relaxed the athletic profile standards that, that has been set in Green Bay under Ted Thompson and really under Ron Wolf. Now, Brian Gudekinst is a Ron Wolf disciple, first and foremost. Wolf hired Gudekinst. But based on some of the players who have been in for interviews. It doesn't seem like the Packers are going to necessarily hold to some of these things. Height, weight might be a little more lax. They're still going to be looking for outstanding athletes, for plus athletes, um, and guys who fit the kind of athletic talent that they look for, but not necessarily the height, weight, speed ratios that they're looking for. But everyone sees this draft as critical. In the organization, I'm, I know the fans do. Fans see every draft is critical, and and more so with Ted Thompson because you had to nail the draft, or you weren't going to have any new good players. Because we knew Thompson was not going to go out into free agency and get someone. Now the Packers this off season have done that, and as I have as I have written and said. I don't I don't know that this offseason so far has been that stark a departure from a normal Packers offseason because we've seen Thompson in times of great need go and make big changes. Early in his career, he did it. Late in his career he did it. Next year, are the Packers gonna go out and sign the Tremont Williams? This is this this is the example I've used: the Ahmad Brooks. Now he is he did not help in the way that that I think the Packers thought he would and Packers fans hoped he would. Part of that was injuries. But Quinton Dial is another example I've used. He was a critical factor in their run game defense last year. And that's a move that the Packers could make every offseason. And haven't. We'll know more a year from now. If they're still making these kinds of moves, just how big a departure this offseason was from the modus operandi of the last regime. We We won't know for sure. And if the Packers trade up, I don't think that will be an indication of any kind of paradigm switch in this organization. They have done that before in moments of great need. The B.J. Raji Clay Matthews draft. They traded up for Casey Hayward. This is something they've done, but they traded up for Jarrell Worthy. Not that that worked out, but they did it. Brian Gutekind obviously wants to be more aggressive than Ted Thompson in general. Now, that does not necessarily manifest itself in big swings in the draft. It doesn't necessarily mean trading up or trading at all. But I do think it's very unlikely that we will see 12 players selected with 12 Green Bay Packer draft picks. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Now is the perfect time to get in on all of the information that Pro Football Focus has behind their paywall. A $39.99 value, I want to give you an account for free. All you need to do, put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, preferably with a five-star review, and you'll be entered
2: to win.
0: and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory
2: throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
1: Here, Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Speaking of trading up, I want to discuss this report that's out there that The Indianapolis Colts GM, Chris Ballard, said there are eight elite players in this draft that are not quarterbacks. Now, I would argue, even when you add the quarterbacks, there probably aren't that many more, because I don't love these quarterbacks. I know that there's probably going to be four or five gone in in the top half of this draft. But... That doesn't mean that they're elite players. That means they play in elite position, which they do. But so if you're the Packers and you're sitting there at 14, and let's say there are, for sake of argument, there are eight elite non-quarterback talents. If four quarterbacks go, that's 12. That leaves the Packers out in the cold, right? And even if there are five, let's say Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Did I say that? Rosen, Allen, Darnold, Mayfield, Jackson. Let's say they all go. That, could, that would be 13. Now, that assumes, though, that no one in the top 13 picks picks a player who's not in that elite group. We know from Watching the NFL from following this league, someone is bound to do something dumb. And someone is bound to reach. Someone is bound to pick for need over best player available. And that works to the Packers' advantage. Now that doesn't mean that that there wouldn't be an opportunity to trade up. Obviously, that we, we discussed the reports of the Packers coveting Denzel Ward, the players that have been most directly connected to Green Bay in the first round, have been defensive backs. Josh Jackson, Minka Fitzpatrick, Denzel Ward, Derwin James. There is a scenario where Fitzpatrick, Ward, and James are all off the board. And at that point, that's when you start exploring trade downs. Can you get into the the low teens and still feel like you have a shot at Harold Landry, Marcus Davenport, Josh Jackson? Probably could. I don't want come Thursday for Packers fans to freak out when they see Denzel Ward go off the board and they see Minka Fitzpatrick go off the board and they see Derwin James go off the board and suddenly it's like well where are the where are the defensive backs going to come because the Packers if they if they stayed Pat at 14 and just take Josh Jackson I don't think that is a bad move I think a lot of Packer fans will be happy with that the the one caveat I'll add there is Given the guys on the roster currently, you have Kevin King on the outside, Josh Jackson on the outside. You could slide Tremont Williams in the slot. And you would have Devon House as a backup. You'd have Lindsey Pipkins. And you'd have five corners. So your top five corners, all six feet or over. And they're all, except Tremont Williams, six one, or bigger. So that would be an enormous secondary with speed And in the case of Jackson, with some playmaking ability, that would be fine. They could trade down and still indulge that scenario while maintaining their flexibility on Harold Landry or Marcus Davenport. But I also think that there is a potential scenario. Let's say Denzel Ward is on the board at 12. Do you see what it takes? We don't know who's going to be picking in those spots. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in this draft. If, let's say, the Bills want to move up, it sounds like the Giants might want to move down, the Broncos want to move down. This is what happens when the top two players in the draft, just from a grade standpoint, are running back and a guard. No one wants to pick. They want to move down, they want to add picks, and they want someone to, to move up to get a quarterback. And, and teams are going to do that. I think the Patriots could be one of those teams. The Packers are going to have... So many options. Now, recent history suggests they're going to take someone in the front seven. I, I really am not here for the Vita Vea stuff. I know Packer fans, there, there is a vocal group on Twitter that, that likes that. I don't know why. He's a backup player on this team. I understand the idea that you want to get good players, but you don't take someone who can't be on the field in pass rush situations. And who, given the construct of your team, is not going to play more than 30% of snaps in a best-case scenario for the next two or three years. It's just not good use of resources. But back to my original point about this, this, this group of eight, we also don't know who's in that group of eight for Chris Ballard. I think we can safely assume Roquan Smith, Quentin Nelson... Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, Denzel Ward, Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't know how much further we can really go with it because we don't know who is on their board. There is is not a ton of consensus at the top of the draft as to who some of these top players are. I think everyone agrees Saquon Barkley is great. Everyone agrees Denzel Ward—well, most people agree Denzel Ward is the best corner in the draft— Everyone agrees Quentin Nelson is an outstanding prospect. Roquan Smith is an outstanding prospect. Really, beyond that, and Bradley Chubb, Uh, even though I don't love him, that's the five that I think most people agree on. And beyond that, there is a, a lot of disagreement. So is Minka Fitzpatrick in that group? Is Derwin James in that group? Should Tremaine Edmonds be in that group? Harold Landry, should he be in that group? Maybe the Colts have Vita Vea in that group. We don't know. We can't know. I think the way that, that the draft will play out, the only two guys I have on my board in the top 13 at quarterback are Rosen and Darnold. And I think, given the teams that are picking, I would, I would be okay with, with Mayfield, Allen, Jackson, and probably Rudolph in the top 13 somewhere. But that means pushing down players. And I think pushing down some really good players, as I was saying earlier, it only takes one team to make a boneheaded pick to push down another good player. Saquon Barkley, not a player that, that is going to be... I mean, obviously, he would, he would be a great asset for this offense. But the Packers, if he gets pushed down the board... I guess they would pick him at 14 if he were available, depending on who else is there, but that's not someone that was a priority for them. So some of these players might not necessarily be priority players for the Packers, Vita Vea, another example. So I I don't want Packer fans to be sitting there watching the board going, oh no, oh no, oh no, because there will be options no matter what. And that extends into the second, and third rounds. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. The last thing I want to hit on before we get out of here is something that I talked about last week with Dane Brugler from NFL Draft Scout. We talked about the cutoff. The talent cutoff and where the where, or the drop off, if you will, where it it goes from these are these are serious starting caliber players to okay, these are backups, these are special teams guys, and you can really view the NFL draft as four maybe five rounds. I I think it's really day or rounds one through four, and you get through the top hundred twenty, top hundred fifty. After that, it is it is free agents, it is special teams players. I mean those kinds of guys rarely, rarely hit. So where is that cutoff? Now Dane suggested 80, 85. And when I talked to Chris Trapasso a couple weeks ago, he mentioned mm, maybe it's in the top 50, top 60. The more I've the more I've watched, the more that I've studied, I think I think it's somewhere in between. I think late 60s, early 70s is where I would be comfortable saying You know, I don't know if some of these other guys are starters, but they could be contributors. Now, where does that leave Green Bay? They have these incredibly valuable assets. The top pick of round four and round five. I could absolutely see them saying, we want to package some of these picks. We want to package 4 one one the first pick of the fourth round, with our compensatory fourth, and move back into the third for one of these guys. Or we want to package that 4 and 76 to move back into the second to get one of these top guys. Maybe they have a guy with a first-round grade who's falling or a high second who's falling. The Packers have the ammunition to do that. I would suspect, I would predict that they will do that. There is not a lot that I can say with any level of certainty at this point, but I would say the thing I am most confident in is that the first pick will be a defensive back and that at some point on day two, the Packers will make a trade. I think that is the most likely scenario at this point, and I think that's the right thing to do for this team. As I said in the open, this is a critical draft for Green Bay. They know that. And defensive back is is one of the, the big weak spots on this team as it stands right now. They need to get that fixed. But they have these other assets to fill some other holes on their roster. And I think they will seek to aggressively do that. I think that is the change at the top. The Brian Gudekinst versus Ted Thompson change. And I think the fact that Mark Murphy is now exerting his will in a greater way over this franchise is going to have someone like Mike McCarthy in a position to say, yeah, let's move up and get this guy because he wants guys that can play now. He's made that clear. He would rather have some of, some veteran talent than all these rookies, but he would also rather have two second-round picks versus a second-round pick and a third, a fourth, and, and an extra fourth or whatever it is. He'd rather have these high pedigree guys because his job is on the line, and and I think that hasn't been talked about that much, but I think that is true in 2018. Alright, we're going to have a show on Wednesday to preview the draft. We will go over my mock draft for the first round and for the Packers discuss what I think will happen, what I think should happen, because those are not always the same thing. Then we'll have a show Thursday. Thursday evening, it will go up right after the draft. I'll record and, in fact, I'll, I'll record right after the Packers pick and it will post The end of the draft, just in case the Packers trade back into the first round, which they could also do. I don't wanna I don't wanna post something that's outdated by the time that I post it. And then Friday night we'll have another recap show, second and third rounds. And then Saturday night, we will have a show recapping day three for the Packers, and then Monday we will look at it big picture. So a ton of shows this week. A ton of content, a ton to be excited about if you're a Packers fan. Keep an eye on my Twitter feed for, for updates at Peter underscore Bukowski. Keep an eye on the, the podcast Twitter feed at Locked On Packers. Keep a lookout on fan side at ProFootballWeekly Weekly and AcmePackingCompany.com and always stay locked on. Packers.